Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. I'm John Ledger from PewterReport.com, ready to talk about some senior bowl coverage, some draft prospects. We're getting into it. We're moving on. Tom who? That might be wrong. Old news. Matt Matera alongside with me at the Senior Bowl, obviously. And all of this is brought to you by our friends over at Celsius. Powers active lives every day with essential functional energy. And they're powering us here at the Senior Bowl as well. Great stuff from our friends at Celsius. They have lots of different flavors of energy drink. They have no sugar. Exceptional taste. Really everything about Celsius is pretty awesome, including the variety of flavors you can get. Include wild berry. Uh, we got... Strawberry guava, Fuji apple pear, orange, orange circle, tropical vibe, watermelon, peach vibe. I'm riding, I'm riding with the peach vibe this week a little bit, Matt. And so you can get these for yourself right now. If you go to Celsius.com, you click on the banner ads at pewterreport.com. You can uh, go to Amazon, do the subscribe and save option, all of the above. You can get some Celsius, no sugar, great taste, great energy boost without the crash of other energy drinks. Make sure you check them out. And do that uh, very soon here over with our friends at Celsius. Matt, we're ready to talk some draft prospects, aren't we? We're ready to uh, finally turn the page a little bit on the Buck season. Absolutely right. And while it was cold and rainy today, things were heating up on the football field. We got through it too. We're curious. Uh, our faces were pretty red once we got home yeah. from practice. So we weren't really sure. Why? Yeah, we weren't sure if it was kind of like a wind freeze type of thing, but. Uh, if you guys see it, let us know in the comments. I guess we can't really do too much about it now, but less about us and more about the guys on the field. Uh, it was a, an awesome day from beginning to end. We had some great interviews and press conferences to to start the day. And then obviously we saw the national team coached by the Jets and the American team coached by coached by the uh, the Lions coaching staff. Jets meaning your best friend, Robert Sala. Yes. Uh, like you said, ready to suit up. Once you have a bonding moment and you just want to run through a brick wall for the guy. Yeah, so it's true. And he, he looked Matt's way and it was forever. His life was forever changed. And it doesn't seem like the Bucks quarterback situation is going to be changed by this year's senior bowl though. Matt, we've talked to some prospects today. I know you were especially like, okay, let's just see. We don't expect them to necessarily be in the market for one of the top quarterbacks in this draft. Most of the top quarterbacks in the draft, which is obviously a bad class, but it, it they are here. Um, Malik Willis from Liberty is here. UNC Sam Howell is here. Uh, Pitts, Kenny Pickett is here practicing. Um, who else? Uh, uh, Carson Strong from Nevada. Right. Bailey Zapp from Western Kentucky, who's probably not as thought of highly as the other guys, but um, actually had a couple good throws today. Uh, I'm forgetting one person. Oh, uh, Desmond Ritter from yeah. Cincinnati as well is here. Um, and yes, none of them have been that impressive, but we still had to do our due diligence, ask around, see what's going on with the quarterback group. At the end of the day, Matt, we found that what it was Kenny Pickett. That it was Kenny Pickett, and you know, let's face it, going into this, Kenny Pickett was essentially the the cream of the crop of the quarterback group. I think, in most people's opinions, as far as the Senior Bowl goes, and a lot of the times, you're going to expect the, the GM, front office, scouts, guys that are here this week for whatever respective team that you're watching, you expect them to get in contact with with most people. The Bucs are obviously a unique, very different situation because Tom Brady just retired. But Kenny Pickett, again, this is why we ask these questions. Kenny Pickett, when asked, when I asked him today about if he spoke to the Bucs, he said he did and he said he, it went well. Uh, it seemed like it was more of a getting to know you type of situation, obviously not getting too much in depth. But again, it's, it's still 
couple days left here in the week to if you want to go more into detail with, with Kenny Pickett. And then we also spoke to uh, Malik Willis, and he said that he didn't speak to the Bucks. So it seems like the Bucks aren't just spinning the wheel with every single quarterback that could be possible. And depending on what you think about Kenny Pickett, he is technically the star quarterback of this draft. It's interesting what Jason Light was saying last night. And I know we talked about this yesterday on the podcast, but he said he was very fortunate that he got Kyle Trask when he did, because a lot of people are talking about that Kyle Trask could be the number one quarterback if he was coming out this year. Hindsight's 2020, and you can't obviously plan that far ahead in the future. But it is interesting that the Bucs were talking to some quarterbacks because we didn't necessarily think that was going to be the case. And it was a little surprising that Kenny Pickett did straight up say, yeah, I've been talking to the Bucs. Yeah. And, you know, just for people who don't know, it is pretty common for teams to talk to just about everybody at the Senior Bowl. But then at the Combine, that's when it gets a little more serious. There's still levels to that. And we'll talk about that as we get closer to the Combine. So it wasn't necessarily breaking news or anything. But you're right, Matt. It's noteworthy they talked to at least one quarterback here. And we'll see what if that trend continues. Obviously, no way of knowing for sure because they've only met with about half the teams they'll meet with um, at this point in time. Uh, it's heck being halfway through the week. So there will be more additions uh, to that list, I'm sure terms of quarterbacks for the box they'll do their due diligence but we saw them actually practice today too matt and that was the part that we can't get those moments of our lives back we have lost those moments <laughs> forever watching this group this is how rough the national team practice started out first thing the quarterbacks are doing they're throwing drills just running backs just running to the flat just little flat routes right like this is routine stuff on air. There's no defender. There's no defense at all. Just quarterbacks throwing to running backs in the flat, not even standing that far away. I'm not kidding. This is not a joke, Matt. Carson Strong, Nevada quarterback, okay? He steps up. Aramel's the first throw. I mean, it's not even catchable. Not even catchable over the yeah. sideline. That's like, all right, all right. Desmond Ritter, Cincinnati quarterback, steps up, puts it in the dirt. Not Ritter, catchable. Ritter was not good yesterday, uh, yesterday either. Like even in simple throwing on air, throwing yeah. just running back against linebacker, where the running back is going to win that yeah. a fair amount of times, just because it's you know it's one on one. There's no pass rush or anything, and he was airmailing it to running backs that are wide open. Uh, he has not looked very good so far. But between the quarterbacks and the offensive line, it's been tough sledding for yeah. those two. I positions. mean, but then after that, it was yes, okay. Kenny Pickett's yet. up. No, Kenny Pickett's up. He throws to the flat. Dirts it in the ground. Okay. So nobody's made an accurate pass to the flat. This is routine stuff. I mean, you go through this, you miss one of these throws every a hundred, maybe like, especially where it's not even catchable. Like it's one thing to maybe not locate it as but but these aren't even catchable balls. And then strong goes up again, air mails it over everybody's head out of bounds. Like nobody is touching the ball. Like that's how bad it is. Then Ritter got up. Put one in the dirt. I almost couldn't believe what I was seeing. Me and a couple guys that I was watching, I was, like, is this, I was like, is this real? <laughs> like, And then Pickett completed one. Strong step back up and airmailed a third one, Matt. Unbelievable. I mean, three passes to the flat and none were catchable on air to a running back. It was incredible. And then Ritter dirted another one as well. Pickett, I believe, did as well. during the. It was one of the worst throwing sessions I've ever seen, that part of it. It actually got better as it went down the field as they didn't have to open to the sidelines as they could throw more routes in front of them like slants and the in-breakers. That's common, but whenever these quarterbacks have to open to the outside, outside the numbers, you see especially the national team group. We'll focus on the national team, team group first, and then Casey Hudson will jump on and we'll talk a little bit more about the American team. But, man, 
like whenever they have to do that, it just seems like everything falls apart with these quarterbacks. And, and that's really where the game evolves to right? You can live in the middle of the field for a while, but once you can threaten outside the numbers deep or outside shallow intermediate hit comebacks on time, all those are timing based arm strength based velocity based confidence based throws. You have to have good mechanics to open to the sideline and throw. That's where this group seems like it's falling apart. Right. And that's a big thing that scouts want to see. Like, sure. Everyone would love to go to their bread and butter and go to the, the, the top thing that they're strongest at. But part of evolving as a player and especially a quarterback is when you're put in those uncomfortable situations, the, the out routes you're talking about, hitting the receiver down the field on the sidelines, something that maybe your offense didn't necessarily run in college or something that you struggled with, but you have to make that throw in the NFL. That's why you're here. That's why you're showing these scouts that you can do these things and that you can take coaching well and progress on these things. But early on, especially in that practice, and I understand, again, it was raining all day. It was windy. It was not ideal. There's Cold weather can be ideal football weather, but not the rain and the wind that we were going through today. But nonetheless, you're here to put on an audition. You're selling to other teams that you can be a pro NFL quarterback, and it just wasn't the case for early in this practice. Yeah, it didn't look good for a lot of those guys early. Kenny Pickett did settle down. He, he was okay as the practice went on. Ritter has really struggled here. Strong is kind of all over the place. His accuracy is a real issue. He does hit some of the more higher-degree difficulty and throws. And he has the benefit, too, that he has one of his own receivers yeah. here. So you already have that built-in chemistry. And you've seen him target the deep ball with the uh, Romeo dubs a little bit, but um, still you would like to see just a, a little bit more from these guys, especially when you have your own receiver at your disposal. Yeah. Uh, and we'll talk about Romeo dubs in a second here, but first I see people saying serious XM was brutal to the quarterbacks. I love hearing that because it's actual honesty though, even though I hope they didn't obviously weren't you know, too mean, but yeah. <laughs> I, 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 it's actual honesty in analysis. Like most of the time with these senior bowl practices, these national places will do whatever they can to blow up the quarterbacks there because they want people to believe it's a good quarterback class. It just isn't. And these guys look bad. <laughs> like we should just tell people that, but you will probably won't find that on NFL network or ESPN in those places that often. So please let me know what serious XM was saying and who was saying it. If anybody can in the chat, I would love to hear that. I would love to just be aware of that. That would be cool. So maybe I can chase down some sound bites. Elliot, we appreciate the five dollars super you, chat. Potential Bucks target Jalen Tolbert was listed at six three, but measured at six foot. Scandalous. Will this knock his eval down for the Bucks? Is a good question. I think the fact that he was not that big is a factor here, especially because I think the biggest thing is I watch Tolbert more at these practices. He is pretty smooth. He's physical. He has to have good hands compared to some of the other guys here because the other guys here were dropping everything. Um, he's done some really good things here. But he's a mid-round player, it looks like to me. And uh, part of it's his speed. I don't think he's that fast. We'll see how he tests. That'll be a big a deal. But if you're not that big and that fast, then you kind of move down. He's on the American team, so we will talk about him maybe a little bit later with Casey Hudson. Um, but it's a good question, Elliot, and we'll come back to him uh, when we address the American team here in a second. Malik Willis, I see a question about. He's also on the American team. We'll talk about that momentarily. Um someone asked about the possibility of Jared Goff to the Bucks. Just want to jump in and try and clarify and give you guys as much clarity as we can to work with. Um, but uh, Jared Goff would be a horrible fit for the Bucs. Uh, wouldn't, it's not necessarily the fact that he can't throw the ball down the field. He can. He has a plenty strong enough arm. The willingness to throw the ball down the field is an issue in an offense like this. The other one is quick decision-making under pressure in the pocket. Uh, it could be another concern with Jared Goff. So that would be a rough one. I don't see that that fit 
uh, is very likely to happen. Um, but uh, he certainly put up some numbers against the Bucs, so uh, we'll see. Jim Miller was one of the guys saying it, uh, the former Bears quarterback. Yeah, he'll tell like it is for sure. Um, here's a good question here from uh, Logan Merrick Talks. $5 Super Chat. We appreciate this, Logan. As a Nebraska fan, how has JoJo Doman looked? I'm trying to remember which team he's on. Really recall. JoJo Doman, which is he on the national team or the American team? Look it up. I think he's on the American team. I'm pretty sure. So we'll we'll look that up and, and try and see which team he's on. But anyway, um, we'll talk about I think he's on the American team, I'm pretty sure. So we'll talk about that team in a second. But this is a good question. We'll make sure we come back and address uh how Doman's looked. Um, Logan, thank you for this uh, super chat. Um and let's focus on uh people want to know about the Bucks tight end group and let's so let's talk about the wide receivers and tight ends that were here um in this group. Yeah, he's on the American team, right? Okay, yeah, he's on the American team. We'll talk about him in a second, the Nebraska linebacker. Um, because I did think there was a couple good reps from him in the second practice today. Um, any word on the Bucks tight end plans? People are asking and about the wide receiver group as well. This is gonna be where the senior bowl could play factor here. There's a good tight end group here. We haven't talked about tight ends much, but today I thought was one of the better days for tight ends. That well, better the two days that we've seen for tight ends here. Trey McBride had a really good day catching the football, had one of the catches of the week uh, for a Colorado State tight end. He's largely considered maybe the top guy in this class, and he could be on the board around with the Bucks pick at the end of the first round. So it could be an option. We need to see more of his tape, obviously, but. He's had a, a week here where it looks like he's the top guy. He's played really well. Ohio State's Jeremy Ruckert has played well. This is generally seen as a good tight end class. Um, there's some guys that will block in this class. So it seems like there's some guys that are up the Bucks alley in terms of what they are able to do and their, and their um, what they're able to yeah. show in terms of their full skill set, which the Bucks really value at that position. I was watching Trey McBride a lot yesterday, and I, I found him really interesting because – he was winning a lot of his one-on-one routes, whether he was going up against a linebacker or the corners, and he was involved in the team play as well, too. I think it's important, you know, it's one thing when you're winning one-on-one and it's these individual drills that uh, are, are so segmented that it, it tends to slant in favor of right. the offensive player a little bit. So can you really prove it when you're, uh, you know, in team, when you have everyone on the offense against everyone on the defense? But the way he was winning, I found so interesting because he – in my opinion, when I was watching him more yesterday, when I was focused on the tight ends, he he was winning his reps, but he was doing it in kind of an ugly way. Like he would go in, get physical with the defender, and then create separation that way and still be able to make the catch. Or he'd be in very tight coverage and then just be able to make one or two moves to just get enough of a window to make the catch. So I kind of like that he was doing it almost in an ugly way because you're not, everything's going to be perfect. You're never going to be wide open. So I think a lot of the times the bucks have run into issues with in this different position, but you know, like Tyler Johnson at receiver, sometimes you need to make those grimy catches on third downs or a ball that you have to adjust to, or it might be a little bit low. And we haven't seen the bucks really come up with those big third down plays, unless it's Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. Uh, you know, Camp Ray to struggle with that at times too. So it was really interesting to see him uh, win in a way that that you're not really accustomed to seeing it. And I, I also really liked the Iowa State's Charlie Kohler. He was more fluid as a receiver. I want to watch him block a little bit more. I didn't see him too much blocking, but I know some of the tight ends were having some issues with that. But he seemed like the purest route runner, just more fluid in what he was able to do. So I thought he was interesting 
in the passing game. It is interesting because outside of Gronk, Bruce Aarons, is, his offense obviously isn't predicated too much around the tight end. Right. But nonetheless, you need tight ends, especially in the red zone. That's where Cam Braid has made his bread and butter. So they definitely could use a receiving tight end, but clearly for the Buck style of offense, Bruce Aarons always talks about that he wants a blocking tight end. And that's been the issue with a guy like Cody McElroy for as big as he is. And he's essentially the only guy on the roster right now besides Bray, depending on what happens with Gronk. Um, so yeah, you can do it as a receiver, but we need to see you do it as a blocker. And for all these tight ends, I want to see what they can do next. But that's what I like about McBride too, because he is so physical. He's not going to be afraid to stick his nose in right. there and, and line up and make some blocks. Yeah, we're getting lots of quarterback questions and uh, some people asking about the Bucks considering Jameis and other players as well. Uh, we talked a lot about this on yesterday's podcast, so you might get all the answers to the questions you're looking for on yesterday's podcast. Harvinder says, I'm not a Tampa fan. I came here because of TB12, not being disrespectful. But are the Bucks going to go back to where they were before Brady in the coming seasons? This is a complicated question. We answered it pretty in-depth on yesterday's show. Again, Harvinder, so you can go back and look at that. But what the Bucs look like before Brady's coming in, it's very important to understand that they were a team already on the rise. They needed the quarterback. They got the quarterback to win a Super Bowl. They needed a quarterback just to be able to be to make the playoffs. So basically somebody who wasn't a complete disaster, that's where they were at in terms of turnovers. That's what Jameis was. And so they were still almost made the playoffs even with that. So they weren't a bad bottom seller, seller-dweller team before Brady got there. People just kind of forget that, I think, for some reason. Will they be a for sh- a surefire playoff team like they were this year and last year with Brady at quarterback? Like There was no doubt they were making the playoffs in my mind uh, either the last two years. Will they be that? No. We will go into question. We will go into the season probably r- almost regardless of who their quarterback is. We'll see, unless it's Rodgers or Wilson probably um, by some chance. We will go into questions about how good the team could be, and we will go into questions about will they be a playoff team? Will they win the NFC South? They'll have a lot of things going in their favor. Quarterback is the most important position in the field, and it could be a question. I will say, though, that if there's a division that you want to be in after losing your quarterback, who's the greatest of all time, it is the NFC South because there's definitely an opportunity to still win that division, even though you might not have the prettiest of records. And so that's why I'm optimistic about this team. As you just said, you know, it's still very talented and their road to winning the division is not as rocky as a, you know, a couple other teams and divisions out there like the AFC West, for example. Right. For sure. Um, so we appreciate the question. Some of those are going to be on uh, yesterday's podcast as well. Somebody said, just give me Max Williams on a one-year deal for like six mil vortex. Good news. If you have to pay six mil from for, for Max Williams, you are getting ripped off. So I don't think it's going to cost that much. Uh, you are probably going to be paying one year, uh, two mil for Max Williams, something like that. So you get to save some money and you probably get Max Williams. Uh, so good news here. Good question from Matt, 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 Matt. Big shout out. Must yeah. be a big fan of you. Big, 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 thought, big fan. I, th- I thought you had some mats in your Matt, Matt Terra. Um, we appreciate this one, Matt. Uh, who is one player that surprised you today for good or for bad? Let's just think about it on the national team. For me, the player who has continually surprised me this week has been a wide receiver. Today, I spent a lot of time watching wide receivers and DBs because I wanted to get a feel. These are both positions the Bucks could be drafting, but I especially wanted to watch the wide receivers uh, because I don't think one-on-ones aren't really fair to DBs, if we're being honest. like they're It's very difficult to win as a DB in one-on-ones all the time. Um, and so I really wanted to look at the wide receivers, and I almost I was impressed by basically no one on the national team. Um, Khalil Shakir from Boise State to me, I thought he really struggled. I think he struggled to catch the ball. He's not as explosive as I hoped he would look. 
Um, Alec Pierce from Cincinnati. Um, I don't know whether he's the type of athlete that that can win at the NFL at wide receiver. You know, he's a bigger frame. Could he be a bulk up tight end type of guy? Maybe we'll see. Um, but right now, I think he's going to struggle with separation. I didn't like him yesterday. He yeah. dropped the, he dropped a lot of passes. He dropped a lot of gimme straight to him. I wasn't overly impressed watching him, especially yesterday. Right. To be honest, the senior group of receivers has not been that great, but there have been a couple players here like they can play. Uh, one of those guys for me has been Christian Watson from North Dakota State. Um, he's like 6'4". He's a track guy. I was talking to some people about him today that really like him. They were like, dude, you got to watch him. He's good. And he's big, but he has a good frame. He catches the ball really well. He went up and got it a couple times today, made some tough grabs, and it was in some contested spots. Gets open, too, for a big guy. He returned kicks at North Dakota State. He was 6'4". Like, he's like 6'4 in the 200s. Like, he's... He's well put together. He's a guy that I think the Bucs could target. Um, I'm very curious to get to his tape, especially I know the level of competition won't be great, and to continue to rewatch uh, his reps from the senior bowl practices. But Christian Watson's a guy that the, you should definitely have your on your radar for if you're a Bucks fan in terms of wide receivers in this class. He's one of the names that I felt like coming out of this week. I mean, Bo Melton from Rutgers has struggled. Romeo Dubs has, was one of the top names coming into the week, but he just has not caught the ball cleanly. He doesn't separate the top of his route clean. He's big and he's fast. But right now it seems like there's a lot of other stuff that needs ironed out with him. Braylon Sanders from Ole Miss is, is a good solid player, but I don't think he's going to be a Bucks target. So when I look at the national team, I said, okay, it's basically, I think, Christian Watson. I mean, Dubs will get some interest, but you got to catch the ball too. I think it's an important part of it. Catching the ball is very important if you're great enough. If you're a wide receiver. Um, I was watching more of the uh the offensive defensive line today. So I'm gonna pick a player that uh, I'm not going to say I was necessarily like overly surprised by, but there was a clear cut player um, that was like the star on the defensive line. So this guy maybe didn't get as much hype or attention on the day because uh, Perry and Winfrey from Oklahoma was dominating today. We can get to more about him in a second, but I'm going to go with a uh, defensive lineman from UCLA, Otito Ogbania. I'm just going to keep calling him Otito because I'm not exactly sure. Had a, Yesterday, he actually reverse pancaked a dude and was on his way running back to the huddle before the guy's body even hit the ground. It was insane. So he he pancaked another guy today during the one-on-one -on -one drills. But the thing I really liked was he was lining up a, a lot under center, lining up the defensive tackle position. That's obviously a position that the Bucs could be interested in, especially depending on what happens with Dominican Sue. You have Vita Vea right there, but you also – have to have another guy line up next to him. And Will Golson, while we think he's going to come back, he's still technically uh, a free agent and only Nacho is the other, the only other guy uh, under contract. But what I really liked watching Otito was he wasn't just winning all of his matchups. He was the key, especially in a pass rushing and you don't see too much from a defensive lineman, but he was, he was getting the job done in multiple different ways. He had a really great pass rush where he, you know, like I just said, pancaked the, the offensive lineman that was trying to block him he did it with power he had some moves too he was quick with his hands and i really thought that was a, a good sign for him with a player of his size to be able to move well enough and to throw in some different pass rushing moves to 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 win his reps i thought he really stood out for me um the ucla product and um you know two solid days for him keep building on the momentum
Yeah, absolutely. I agree. He's had some good days and I actually talked to some people about him and they really like the way that he plays at UCLA and competed as well. And that could be enough to put him on the Bucks radar right there. So he has had some good days. Honestly, we talked about the defensive tackle class not being that good, Matt, but it has been pretty good at the senior bowl. They have gotten the better of the offensive line, especially. And again, we're not jumping too far ahead, but the American team defensive line has so much gotten the better of the offensive line. But same story here with with the national team. As I was talking about before, Perry and Winfrey just had an absolutely dominating day. Like he was getting in the backfield within two seconds. And he's so fast. He's so big, too. Just seeing him out there, like you notice him right away more than some of the other defensive linemen that are out there. So I just, the way that he can get off the ball so quickly, I thought was super impressive. In the team drills, he was making play after play after play in the backfield it was consistent you know it wasn't just one big play and then take a couple reps off he was winning every single rep he was dominating out there and even the one play where he didn't get off the ball well and he actually got pushed back a little bit he kept the motor going he kept the effort very high he got back into the pile where the running back was still trying to gain an extra yard or two he stripped the ball out and recovered it too. So he was creating turnovers on even a play where he wasn't even at his best. You'll see it all over social media from everyone at the draft, including Peter Report. But Perry and Winfrey went out there and ball today. And I thought he was the most impressive defensive lineman across the board out there. Yeah, he, he really has had a good two days, to be honest. And he's not the only one. Logan Hall has had some good reps. I so. had him on my list. Yeah. yeah. He's had some good reps. Travis Jones from UConn, the huge hulking nose. I mean, he looks like the incredible hulk. He's unbelievable. And I got to talk to him today, and the man stared me in my eyes, and I honestly thought I was going to die. Like, he was – I mean, he's very intense. But he was he was cool. He was a good dude. But he, you could tell, like, he wasn't going to screw around either. Like, he was going to bring the pain. And so, you know, it was cool to be able to talk to him. And you got the same impression from Jermaine Johnson, who's been outstanding. He's on the American team. We'll talk about him in a bit. Almost every defensive line player has flashed at some point for me. Uh, watching these practices, I'll say Tyreek Smith, yes. the uh, Ohio State edge rusher, has been. It's been very encouraging to see him. That's a highly athletic dude. There's some things he has to figure out. He's got to keep his feet a little better when cornering. I think most people probably see him as a mid-round, late-round type of player at best. We'll see how he tests. But I think he could test well, and I think he could be a nice little – special teams, developmental edge rusher who could run down on special teams. He's that athletic and, he's and do those guy, kind of things. Yeah, he's another guy that was quick. And what I like, too, is uh, on, on a lot of the drills, the edge rushers, they could make a move and go to the inside, but it, it's not as fair because, again, when it's just one-on-one, if you try to make a move to the inside, the starting guard is right there, too. He didn't. He kept going outside. He used that bend. He used his speed and quickness to get out there. And I thought – it's admirable to go about it the right way and not try to take a short break. He is very much an edge bender type of player, Tyreek Smith. We haven't seen a whole lot of, can he use power? Could he get inside? Like, does he, How much pass rush variety does he have? But I always said, if anybody who's heard me talk about edge rushers before, I've always said like you have to be able to win outside the tackle first. If you can do that, then you set up power moves because they're oversetting you a little bit. You set up moves to be able to get back inside because they're oversetting you a little bit. But if you can't threaten the edge and if you can't win the edge, Nobody's going to fear you. They're going to sit on your power. They're going to sit on your inside moves. And it's harder and harder to win as a pass rusher in the NFL. So that's a great – I always look for those things first. When you can do that, I think it's really impressive. 
one guy who hasn't stood out to me that much is Arnold Abikite from uh, Penn State. I really thought that he was going to be – he was supposed to be one of the top guys coming in. I think we had him in our, in our Pewter Report mock draft earlier this week, and I was expecting a little more from him. He hasn't been horrible, but honestly, his teammate, Jesse Lucchetta, had probably the rep of the day today. I mean, he's in the American team practice, but we'll talk about it now. I mean, he came off the ball, Jesse Lucchetta from mm-hmm. Penn State, and – he erupted into the frame of 6'8", 387-pound Minnesota right tackle Daniel Falele, and he flattened him, Matt. It wasn't a slow collapse either. He bet backwards and down on his back. It was honestly everybody in the place, everybody in the field say, went, you could, you could be, Yeah, exactly. You could hear the gas from everyone in the stands, on the field as well, too. It was, And it was early in the practice, too, so it kind of – set the tone in that sense. And Falele has been, while we've been bashing the offensive line, clearly got annihilated on that rep, but I thought he's been one of the more yes above average offensive linemen that have been here at the senior bowl. But yeah, I mean, that, that was an all-time play as far as highlight oh real splash plays uh, in yeah. practice over the last Some of that stuff gets overbuilt at times. The guys fall down, they trip, or it's just kind of a slow fall down. Both guys fall down. This was complete domination. Like, mm-hmm. He exploded and it was over in an instant. It was awesome. It was awesome to watch. Good questions in here, by the way. I appreciate SK. Uh, Zachary Carter seems to be flying under the radar. Solid dude. Round three bucks fit. He has had a couple. He's done some good things. You know, he can actually like move for a D tackle. I just don't know. The, the question is going to be, can he make a pass rush impact? You know, is that, does he have the skill set to be able to do? That? I know he has the traits, I think. But does he have the skills yet so far with his hands and his moves and things like that um, to make that kind of an impact? And as a defensive tackle who might be more of a three technique, how's that going to hold up against the run? So we have to kind of rewatch some of the team tape probably and see how he's done in those sessions. But I do think he's flashed like movement skill ability a little bit that I wasn't necessarily expecting. So uh, I'm excited to get uh, more of a look at him. He's on the American team, by the way. Um, So um, we'll talk more about him in a second. Somebody asked, who's the biggest freak so far on the D-line? I mean, I think it might be Travis Jones. Not because he's not like unreal athlete. Okay, on the D-line, if you're talking about interior guys, Travis Jones being able to move as well as he does at his size and as well distributed as his weight is, is freakish to me. But Jermaine Johnson looks like he doesn't. Like, he needs to not practice tomorrow and not play in the game. Right. He's done. He's as close to a perfect game as as you really can. The effort, the moves, getting into the backfield, the pursuit of a a play. And you were talking about this earlier, John, but a a play that could be a run all the way on the other side of the line, and he still goes and, and... and finishes the play. Uh, really, no one's been better than Jermaine Johnson as far as defensively uh, on that interior or just on the defensive line outside as as well, too. He is as great as everyone's been hyping him up for. So yeah. He is a freak. He is also incredibly violent and physical on the football field. I mean, again, he's clearly the best player here. He decided to come out and practice again today. He absolutely wrecked uh, offensive linemen today in the team session. I was telling these guys on the way back. I was telling Matt and Casey on the way back to, to record the podcast that he was unblocked on the backside of a run play. And for no reason at all, this dude just could have stepped down and waited. The front side was already making the tackle. He wasn't going to be involved in the play. He just turned and the tackle that had blocked down and not blocked him, he actually just erupted into the dude, drove him backward, and then planted him in the ground. 
for no like was trying to pancake the dude like that he wanted to do it and um it was just like that's his mentality dude he's just an absolute dog and then i got to talk to him today too it was really cool to talk to him he said he said said, (laughs) i'll he said i got everything he said i'll spin you out your shoes or i'll put you on your back and that's pretty much what he's done this week that's right he's done that this week (laughs) i don't know if the bucks are gonna have a shot at him i will say this though very weird career like he was at georgia he couldn't get on the field he was juco before that and and he was at georgia couldn't really get on the field they obviously had a lot of good players but i mean he looks like a real good player like and then he goes to florida state and he has 11 and a half sacks and he has 17 and a half tackles for loss and he carries them basically i mean not a very good team obviously carries them when they played well defensively um very interesting to sort through all that. I was actually excited to talk to him because I was like, man, it, you know, three different teams in college. He's redshirt senior. Like, so he's not young necessarily. Was he just beating up on young guy? Like, but man, he seemed like he had a real mature disposition. He made, he was team first, everything. And some of it's coached up probably in terms of how you should respond, but it seemed really genuine with him. He talked, he literally was like, I, I, he's like, I believe that I'm put on this earth. I believe that God created me to serve people. Like that was what he said to me. Like, I was like, Oh, that you don't hear that kind of language very often from draft prospects tr- usually trying to talk about themselves in these interviews. He was talking about other people and his teammates the whole time. I thought that was really neat. But then when you asked him about his skill set, all the confidence in the world, like he was ready to ball. Um, and I, I think he's the kind of guy that the way he plays, the energy and the physicality he plays with could be transformational to some units. Yeah, we, we will see. It's just again, this is why you're here in the first place to put on that effort to show it in front of different scouts and GMs. And I think you make a great point too, with the fact that he carried the Florida state defense, you know, there wasn't, they, they have talent there, but he was their number one guy. And that's not really to be debated at all. And then he comes into a group here where there's a lot of other big name players, you know, and he wasn't, chosen as one of the first guys to go and and speak in front of the podium on, on the opening day when uh you know when Jim Nagy w- was speaking as, as well too but he's come out he he's dominated he's clearly helped himself move up in the draft i mean there's obviously a long way to go and more scouting and more tape and the combine and everything but he's put himself in a great situation to uh, really get on a lot of teams radars for what he's done over the last 2 days yeah, no question about it. He's been the biggest freak. Uh, people asking about Tom Brady's retirement, how we feel about it. Uh, we honestly uh, talked about this a ton Incredible yesterday. Career. Yeah. All, all the best to him. Love him. It's great what he's done in Tampa. Uh, but congratulations on, a, on his retirement because he yeah. earned it. For sure. Uh, let's keep rolling on the defensive line. I got to talk to Boy Mafa, to, or Boy Mafe today, sorry, uh, from um, Minnesota. And uh, he talked a lot about Tyler Johnson, raved about Antoine Winfield and what a leader he is. So it was cool to get some of his comments about how he played with those guys and would like to be next uh, in the Bucks pipeline. And, and he met with the Bucks too. And again, it's, it's pretty pretty clear to me that they're just meeting with everybody at this point in time. But um, yeah, there were some good performances. Somebody said John, Zion Johnson clips today. Yeah, so Zion Johnson is... I think the reason why the buzz isn't quite as strong with him, maybe from the senior bowl is that he's, they've had him at center for a lot of reps and that's new for him. And that hasn't been, those reps haven't been as good, but when he's a guard, he looks great. So I think he's been really good. Kind of confirm what people thought coming in, uh, hopefully. And I'll get to see more of his reps from today later when I watch the tape from practice, but um, he's been pretty impressive in general. So yeah, I think it's a good group. You know, Darian Beavers made some plays today, Cincinnati linebacker. He was, 
impressive at times today. I mentioned Luketa had a couple good plays as well, a couple bad plays. He got planted a few plays after he wrecked Daniel Falale. Somebody else planted him. So uh, he's a little bit, he's crazy, but he looks really athletic, but um, kind of raw maybe at this point in time. So um, the other guy, Troy Anderson from Montana State. This is Scott's guy. Scott likes Troy Anderson. Got to talk to him today as an off ball linebacker, and he was uh, impressive as well. So, uh, yeah, it was a like his pursuit on plays. And I mean, go back to his last year of college. I think he had 147 tackles. You know, that's he's he's just racking it up. And, you know, he's a interesting player to watch. I always enjoy viewing the the guys that come from smaller schools because they clearly come in and feel like they have something a little bit more to prove. And yeah, he's on Peter Report's radar. And Scott is fantastic, is an understatement for how he is with Buck's best bets and aligning what positions the the Bucks want to pick and even positions that might not be on the Bucks radar if they were to pick a guy who would be the right fit. So uh, make sure you check out Scott's mock draft and there'll be more mock drafts and um, because he always hits the nail on the head for almost all of them and he does great. So make sure you check that out. Yeah, absolutely. No question about it. Oh, good stuff, Matt. I appreciate you giving us some of these thoughts. I think that you've been pretty on point as you always are. Um, and uh, yeah, too thanks kind. for thanks for some of your comments on here. Yeah, yeah, you're way too kind, but uh, I always appreciate it. <laughs> yep. All right. I know you got your scheduled phone call with Robert Sala to talk about uh, over today's practice and how things went. So I'll let you get to that. And while we're doing that, uh, and while Casey is coming over here to jump on and give you some of her thoughts on uh, this practice today and and what she saw from some of these top prospects. We got to talk about our friends at Underdog Fantasy because right now there's some great stuff happening here, folks. And you can double your first deposit right now up to $100 with a promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. Underdog Fantasy is the site. And the ability you have with Underdog Fantasy to play a lot of just honestly, the, the games are fun. They have they have tournament style that they do. There's best ball leagues. There's player over under uh, player prop bets on player stat lines, which you got to do as well. Those are a lot of fun. You can do a pick five and win up to 20 times the amount of money that you put in as well. So it's really fun stuff with underdog fantasy. Can't recommend it enough. The app is great. The interface, all of it's awesome. Uh, so make sure you check that out when you get a chance. And as we get to some of your questions about uh, some of these draft prospects now, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that we have a uh, another message from our friends uh, over at Immuni Financial. At Immuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations, we're so happy Thank you. you, thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really gotta come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Immuni Financial. Plan ahead, stay ahead. Managing your family's wealth means more to Immuni Financial than simply allocating your assets. It means legacy planning, brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts, college savings accounts, and insurance services. With 40 years of experience, let Immuni Financial help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Call Immuni Financial at 800-868-6864 or visit Immuni. Com. All right, Casey, we got this practice going today. And let me tell you, like there was a lot happening on this field and it is hard to keep up with things on a normal day. But today happened to be freezing. Now, I'm from Pennsylvania. Matt is from New York. Did I say that right, Matt? Does that sound? Uh, New York. New York. Yeah. New, yeah. New York. <laughs> that 
Matt is from New York. And so and you're from, I yeah, yeah, you're from down south. Just tell me uh, what your process was today. Well, first of all, congratulations on this look because my ponytail is completely soaked and it feels like 23 degrees outside, but everybody claims it's only 62. So I'm learning a lot. <laughs> like In fairness to you, it also rained basically the entire time we were at practice. Yeah. Not just like a, not like a downpour hard rain because that wouldn't have lasted that long, but this was just like a pretty constant stream of, of annoying rain that left us completely soaked. After yeah. practice. And you didn't realize how soaked you were until like you detached from certain pieces of clothing. Right. And then it was like, you got to wring it out. It was disturbing. So yeah, I got hazed today and I made it and here we are. Right. What pony and all. But yeah. Um got hazed. First of all, not by me and Matt, right? We would no, never not by the pewter team. I think this was like my initiation into into senior bowl. Could I weather the storm? Because yesterday it was freezing and windy. Like I was eating my hair and picking it out of my eyes while trying to watch practice. And then today it was like, we're going to up the ante. We're going to see if you can see through rain and wind. So I think I, I made it. You did. And you prevailed and you got <laughs> actual some really good takeaways from practice. Casey, the tip me off to Christian Watson, looking the way that you did talk about him on the national team. I, I don't know if there was anybody on the national team, Casey, that you really wanted to highlight or whatever before we moved to the American team. I mean, did Matt and I cover everybody kind of that we – I think just about just on the about. national team, yeah. I mean, unless you guys ever wanted to touch a little bit on on Tolbert and oh no, you know he missed yeah. Jones Jr. Oh, Vellis he's, Jones he's Jr. American? He's an American, right? Uh, Which national. team is he in? Oh, yeah. He's Wait, no, no. The national team. He's on American. Get Vellis Jones. Yeah, he's with Tolbert oh, on American. Yeah, me. you're on already <laughs> on the track of where we're going. I would, there we Vilas go. Jones. Yes, these have been your players. I mean, Vilas Jones, you were the, that was the other one. You yes. said Watson with the national team, and then you said Vilas Jones with the American With team. the American. And there we go. I think you're right. Those are two of the most talented dudes. Vilas mm -hmm. Jones from Tennessee made the best catch, I think, of the senior bowl so far yeah. today. He, he he was downfield and the ball was overthrown. He was running to the front pylon. The ball was overthrown. He looked up, saw it, and kind of like side shuffled without losing speed and mm -hmm. caught the ball falling down in the end zone. It wasn't a contested catch, but it was a great adjustment catch. Yeah. But then he runs around, he gets by people, and he drops the football over and over and over again. And it's hard to know how good he could be. Yeah, because, I mean, when you think about full contact, the pressure that's added, that's just a whole other element to the game. So he's got some good – first steps he's got a great foundation on him what i like is that as fast as he is he's not under 510 he's actually 511 nearly breaking 200 pounds if he's not solidly breaking 200 pounds but he stood out to me because the deep balls that were being passed along clearly he was just able to burn yeah. his guy get down there and make the play but you can also tell that he fights for the ball i mean he had a sliding diving catch and even though the ball bounced out of his hand it was that effort and with the conditions out there we don't know which direction that would have gone but that's the kind of guy that seems coachable, seems like he can learn a lot and actually be, you know, an asset to the team. And he also is one of the top five returners this past season. So versatile guy, you can use him on special teams. You can help, he can help out in the wide receiving group. I think that there's something special about him and he's a mobile native. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. He and Jalen Tolbert both are yeah. like, so I was like, Oh, they got two of those guys on the same team. And honestly, both have been probably the two best receivers on the American team. You know, it's hard to say with the American team, Danny Gray got open yesterday from Southern Methodist, but he dropped everything. And now he got hurt. I guess so he wasn't out there today with them. Calvin Austin from Memphis 
um, has done some good things, but man, I mean, he could fit. He, Oh, he's actually in my pocket right now. That, I mean, that's <laughs> what I'm talking about. Like he's, he's like five, seven. So, I mean, he's very, very small receiver. Those guys in the NFL, that's going to be a lot easier for them in the senior bowl practice than it will be at the next level. Trey Turner from Virginia Tech, he stepped up a little bit today. He looked way better today. Yesterday, he couldn't catch for the life of him, um, but maybe it was an acclimation period. Today, he looked a lot better, even starting out from drills. I mean, there was catches that were taking the guys a minute to get situated with. Um, I actually like the drill. Did you see where they had the the blue bag set up? And they threw a tight pass barely in between it, and the guys had to catch it. I mean, Turner was the only guy that could accomplish that. Um, those were going straight through Tolbert's hands the entire drill. So. He could be one of those guys that, again, coachable, will learn, do better. His weird frame. A couple guys were talking about how weird his frame is. He's got no torso. He He's has the smallest head of any receiver here. Small head and small legs to match. So it's just like, look, I'm not making fun of the guy. I have a daddy long leg body too. I like to tell myself I look 5'5 five five on a good day and I'm actually 5'1. So maybe him and I have that in common. Who knows? <laughs> I thought more than anything with Tolbert, I'm just not sure how fast he is. Like, yeah. And that, that, you know, you're watching a guy at Southern Alabama, South Alabama, and you're like, okay, he can get open at South Alabama. But those corners are probably, you know, running four sevens, a lot of them. And so you really need to see him against better competition. And while I think he's still good in some areas, for sure, at practice, I have not seen the athleticism. Like I, Christian Watson, for example, looks more athletic. You're watching an FCS guy in Christian Watson, and you're saying, how does it translate? And he his strides, I mean, being a track background, like, he can open up. He can run away from people. And honestly, I haven't seen that from Tolbert. And I came in as Tolbert was my favorite guy of the ones that I'd seen at this senior bowl. And I think he's been fine. I just don't think he's been great. And I think that Watson has really intrigued me. Velas Jones movement ability intrigues me. But again, you have to be able to catch the football consistently. He yeah. might've had four drops today in practice. And I know it was rainy conditions today, but I mean, like, this is part of the game. Like, right. like you're not always going to be playing in dry stadium. So um, it's, you know, it's a, this is a great chance for these guys to really show their hustle and their ability to adjust. I, I love the fact that you pointed out that big play that he had because he does look like the kind of wide receiver that's going to give a guy, you know, wreak a little havoc. He can he can cut without slowing down. He can he's not doing the most when he goes into his cuts and his adjustment, you know, following the ball and stuff is is very impressive. So I'd be intrigued to see where he lands. But it was it was Watson that just took it for me. You guys, I mean, there was a completely different list I was working off of. And I text John during practice and I'm like, who's this kid? Yeah. Because, but what stood out to me, not even to get too deep into the Watson thing, is just we learned this season that Bruce Arians likes wide receivers that can also block, and he's a strong guy. When he gets his hands on somebody or gets, you know, gets in the lane and stuff, you can tell that he's very comfortable doing that. They said that he was really solid with special teams too. They used him as a returner, so yeah. again, that's the biggest return. I mean, six four returners are not very common. Uh, people mentioned, I think, earlier in this chat, but they're spot on. North Dakota State, you got to be able to block as a wide receiver if you're going to play on the field. So. Definitely a potential Bucks target, I feel like. I'm I would week. like to see him in a Bucks jersey. Yeah, the <laughs> they won't play Scotty Miller, so now I get to pick somebody else. It's Christian Watson. Right. Yeah, I think he could be a guy that definitely you have on your radar. Uh, Dontario Drummond from Ole Miss, I just want to touch on him as the last receiver we haven't mentioned. I cannot figure this dude out, man. Like He's been Ole Miss in his tape. He plays in the slot a lot. The offense is simple. He only runs like two routes. And he a lot of time it's free release in the slot. He goes out, he literally runs five yards, turns around, just a quick little hook route, catches a football, and he can do some things after the catch. He kind of he's a little bit slippery for a guy who's he's probably the thickest receiver here. He's not the biggest overall, but he's probably the heaviest receiver. He's like 217 pounds. I think he came in at 
and he's thick, like his legs and his and his torso. He's, he's got a bubble butt. Like he's looks like the kind of guy that you know he could get some handoffs. You know, he's not gonna. I'm not comparing him to Debo Samuel, but could somebody could uh, Cordell Patterson was the play. I watched him and scouted him on tape, and I said to Scott, I think his ceiling is Corderell Patterson. Maybe not even this year, Patterson, because this year was kind of an anomaly for Patterson's career. But a normal year, Corderell Patterson type of player, like a like last year with the Bears, maybe and. I think that's kind of maybe what I've come away with this week. Like he's not a super polished route runner, but he honestly made some good moves. I think he has potential to learn some things. He seems very raw, but I I think he's a pretty decent athlete and he's got really good size. Yeah. I like his size for one. That's for sure. It's just some of them in, in that group, the, the secondary wasn't all that flashy. So for me, some of his, it looked like he was kind of struggling to get the guy off of him a couple of times, but maybe that's just kind of, you know, him still getting, uh, figuring out what he's doing. And and yeah, he's definitely still figuring things out. Yeah. Like you could tell that he's processing a decent amount out there as he's getting ready to go because he's not very explosive, but maybe that could be his size. So yeah, he's just kind of hit or miss for me. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's definitely somebody that's still developing and learning, but he has been tricky for me to figure out. I feel like I have a good beat on everybody else. He is an an interesting player and interviews with him might go a long way with teams. So we'll see. Uh, how that process goes for him. Isaac wants to know how uh, somebody asked, by the way, if Brady was God uh, is God, I think would be the proper, you know, I would say, because Brady's still alive and God's still alive. So that might be, <laughs> so he is, I don't think I would go quite that far, but God with a little G is he a God, a G a W D as the that kids works. say. Does that work? Yeah, that works. Okay. I wouldn't right. give him the, the cap. The okay. Don't give me capital G yeah, just yet. Just sold off. If he comes back and wins another one, we might have to have that conversation. We, yeah. Could you see that Peter Report conversation? Peter Report podcast <laughs> is Tom Brady God capital G. Be interesting. No, we might, yeah, we might get some backlash for that one. Um, Isaac, how has Jermaine Johnson been in the run game? I know he's got pass rush juice. I think he's been really good in the run game so far. Th- this group of tackles, I mean, we gotta <laughs> we gotta take it with a grain of salt, probably. But it, on tape, he was really good in the run game. Like I didn't, I had more questions about like how his pass rush athleticism would translate to the NFL. And I still kind of have those questions, but he ain't proven anything here. Like dude, dude does not need to play tomorrow and he doesn't need to play in the game. He loves playing though. That's clear. He's it's fun to watch him. Uh, so we talked about him earlier in the pod too, by the way, Isaac, in case you missed it. Yeah. We could, we talked about uh, some of the dominance that he showed. So maybe we'll make sure I get to all the questions. SMU receivers are nice. Somebody said, eh, okay. Yeah. Not wild about the SMU guys so far. Um, uh, sorry, I'm now with the five seven comment. No, I'm just talking about for a wide receiver in the NFL. I'm not saying I'm talking about five seven in general. Just talking about in terms of he's out here with Christian Watson six four. Um, it's a good question from Harbinger. How much can you really learn from watching players of the Senior Bowl? Is it just a coin toss? I mean, the draft to some degree is a little bit of a coin toss because there's uh, the aspect of character, work ethic, and health, which are three different things that you don't always know about players going in. You might get a glimpse of it. If you get a chance to interact with a player and that comes out, but you might not, and it's dangerous to draw conclusions from small sample sizes of interactions like that. So there's always going to be that level of us for us in the media, Harvinder, but there's a lot you can learn from watching. It does take time to learn it, like in and a lot of senior bowls to go to 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 learn it and to observe and just practice in general. You know, you see a guy win one-on-ones. Okay, like how's he winning one-on-one-on-ones? You think about O-line, D-line. You could, if you're a tackle going against an edge rusher for O-line, D-line, you could always win inside if you're a defensive, if you're an edge rusher, you know, in those situations. But there's no guard and there's no, there's lots of space to work to. So it's not always a really good indicator of things. 
It's about how they win and whether those what they're doing to win is translatable to the NFL and who they're doing it against too. Travis Jones runs over the Fordham guard that's here. I forget his name. I apologize to that guy who actually had a good day today, by the way. That guy bounced back from getting absolutely wrecked yesterday. But he does that, and you're like, all right, all right. Like, you know, it was great rub. But yeah, yeah, like, but in the NFL, like, you know, you're not going to run through guys like you ran through that guard from Fordham. So um, that's, you just have to know how, like, what are you watching and will it translate to what you're looking to do in the, do in the NFL? But when the difference maker players are here, and this year's senior bowl class, I'll be honest, there's not a lot of like, Jermaine Johnson is clearly one of those guys that you could see being that. Yeah. But this has not been, there's been a lot of players like these guys can play. There's guys that'll get jobs in the NFL. It's not like Debo Samuel, Baker Mayfield, you know, Josh Allen wasn't great at senior bowl, but like, there's no player that you really see in that light in terms of even a ceiling. So um, I think you learn a coachability. You see how well these guys technique, how well their technique is. And like you said, if it's translatable, but it all comes down to system coaching pressure, the live, the live go is way different. There's people that look amazing in, in certain settings and they just cannot hack it at that next level. So yeah. I'd love to see some underdogs though. Yeah, no question about it. Um, let's get to a couple more questions here. Christopher with the $5 super chat. Appreciate this. Does George Pickens fit what the Bucks want? So Pickens is not a C- at the senior bowl. Um, is he what the Bucks want? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I do think there are some traits about him as a receiver that the Bucks would like. I don't know whether they'll be concerned about the health stuff like that could be a big deal to them. And so we just need to learn a lot more about him. And I still need to scout his tape, too, before I make any definitive comments about who he is as a player or anything like that. Um, So uh, it's a good question, Christopher. We will talk about George Pickens in later dates on this show moving forward for sure. Uh, no question about that. Uh, let's see. Any other questions here? Let's talk about the tight ends. There weren't really any good ones in this team, the American team. Maybe there's some promise. Dulcich, I guess, is from UCLA, has done a couple good things, but haven't really been wowed by any of those His guys. Look a little heavy, and he has a turnout, so that can cause issues for him running against right. certain guys. Right, and he doesn't look very powerful, like lower half. His drive, he doesn't have much drive. So if anybody takes him from up top, he's going to go down. But UCLA kind of surprised me with with the lack of production. I would say mm. I know that the program's kind of been on a tilt but i i was expecting a little bit better wow yeah coming straight at ucla no question about it. <laughs> <laughs> what am i not coming from obodia did well in the first practice but yeah <laughs> uh, we haven't seen a whole lot from uh, the tight end uh, from dolches who's been here uh let's see running back damien pierce good question here from sk fit in round four duke johnson and free agency uh don't know what duke's doing right now i mean i don't know if he's gonna is he gonna keep playing or feels like he just feels like he's been underrated his whole career, but nobody's ever actually chosen to give him more reps wherever he's been. So I don't know what he's going to end up doing. We'll see what he has left in the tank. Um, Damian Pierce had a really good practice today. And Matt's probably – I know Matt agrees with me. He's going to write about him later. But uh, Damian Pierce was good today, and mm-hmm. he, he caught the ball well. And then at the end of practice, to finish off practice, they put him backs on backers. Who was he against? Do you remember, Matt? Uh, I'll find it. He stonewalled the dude. I mean, it was a great rep. It was uh, it was the Appalachian State linebacker, right? DeMarco Jackson. I'm pretty sure that's who it was. Yeah, it was DeMarco Jackson. Went up against him, and Pierce crushed him, and the whole team lost it. The offense went crazy. 
that finished off practice, those two guys going head to head. So really good day for Damon Pierce. He caught the ball. Well, um, he ran good routes. Hits, yeah. And yeah. He hits those holes pretty hard too, which is nice. How much does he weigh? Do we know? I don't remember. And my roster with the weights on it got rained on Matt. <laughs> Matt's looking it up. Matt's on it. He'll find out what he weighed in at the yeah. senior bowl. Damien Pierce. Senior Bowl weigh-ins. Steelers Depot should have a Senior Bowl weigh-ins chart up, Matt, I believe. Um, The FIU guy, I don't dislike. Number three. Who? FIU. Oh, you're talking about the corner, right? No. Talking about the corner? Number three for the the running back group. Oh, the running back group. I'm sorry. Yes, I know who you're talking about. Um, um, He's a bit narrow for a running back, I would say. Devonte Price. Price, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. Sorry, guys. There's the D's and the P's that yes. <laughs> keep popping up down the yes. roster. He he looks like the kind of guy that picks up speed as he gets through the clearing. So maybe, I mean, maybe a returner, maybe you know, very very particular plays. But I didn't like his build for running back. I had to look at the roster and pull up his name and Google him fifty thousand times to make sure this was correct. But um, I actually think that he did quite well out there. They were dishing to him quite a bit i wonder what they would do with him because of his frame but not too bad coming from fiu you don't really see that too much so right yeah he definitely has stood out and had a couple good moments as well the american running back group i think has been a lot better than the national running back group or maybe i've just noticed them more the quarterbacks real quickly uh i don't know if you watched the quarterbacks today much for the american team i watched them a good bit today i saw them a good bit yesterday okay yesterday uh bailey zap had a couple good throws today yesterday i guess he was terrible from what people were saying i yeah. didn't see yeah and a lot he, of overthrows and just taking way too much time to make a decision so again yeah. when you apply pressure to a guy like that he'll right. be, he'll be mean, getting eaten alive yeah, i mean if you're not making decisions in seven on seven like my gosh um malik willis had some good throws today too he also had some terrible throws he really is a great athlete. Um, he's also a unique disposition for a quarterback, and I don't know how that's going to go over with teams. So I, I kind of like it, but he like dances between every play, and he's like he's just very loose on the field. He's like a jokester kind of. His, his media session today he was joking around and just being really funny and kind of had everybody laughing at the podium. Like, you know, I think people like him probably. I just have no know teams. You know, they want their quarterbacks to be like buttoned up or like super cocky or you know all those kind of things and he is kind of his own dude and i really kind of enjoy that um with him and i don't know how teams will take him but nah, screw him um sam howell was honestly the, the american quarterback group has definitely had a better day than the national group i don't know if i'm gonna say they're better in general but they they looked pretty good today um i mean for them look pretty good today they still mess up yeah. a ton of throws you know there's nothing consistent about it but with the gimmies they were a little bit more consistent. Like, okay, the ones you got to have, mm-hmm. and it was still raining. In fact, it was raining harder probably in their practice. It was and, definitely and, way, yeah. way harder during Yeah, and, and, more, and um, um, the ground was probably wetter as a result too And because they had the second practice. And um, as you say, the wind was also picking up at times too. So good showing for them in those conditions to be able to play like that. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And I think that probably just – I know a couple guys day one, they're just, (laughs) you have nerves, you're overthinking things, you're still learning plays and playbook and whatnot. So the good part is that I think there was a decent amount of guys today that just showed that they needed a minute. Um, But the QB group for them was way better. I don't know why, but Pickett 
probably was the only decent performer oh, for Nashville. Oh, the other group, yeah, I agree yeah. with you completely. Desmond Ritter's had a really bad week, and Strong's just very inconsistent. We appreciate Wild Bill. You guys are very knowledgeable in finding ESPN full of hacks. Oh, my. Taking shots. I love it. Bill Barnwell is awesome, though. Yeah, Bill Barnwell knows his stuff. Probably best writer on football. Um, similar to Zach Lowe for the NBA. Yeah, Zach is awesome, too. Yeah, so there's definitely good people. There's good people at ESPN, for sure. You do have to wade through too many bad ones to get to them sometimes, but they're very good people at ESPN. Uh, a couple of really good ones for sure. Um, uh, let's see. I want to make sure we get to any questions. Any good – what's that? Pierce is 5'9", 220. What a Mack truck. I mean, that like you just might as well put a fire hydrant with legs back there in front of your quarterback. 220. 220 of 5'9". He's so he's so he's basically Calvin Austin size, but he's got 40 pounds on him, right? What's Calvin Austin? Calvin Austin's the Memphis wideout <laughs> that we're joking fit in my pocket. I mean, 220 of 5'9, and that's just happened at a weigh-in. So that's accurate. Calvin Austin. 5'7, what? 3'8. Five seven three eight and and what do you weigh? One seventy three. Get out of here! Like, so he's five seven and three eight. So he's about five seven and a half. So he's about in in five nine. He uh, um, Pierce was five nine flat. So Pierce was an inch and a okay, an inch and a half taller, and almost fifty pounds heavier. Fifty pounds. That's a whole kid. That's like a sixth grader. <laughs> sixth grader might be. Max joking. Sixth, sixth grader. Maybe, maybe sixth graders. Fourth grader? Yeah, there we go. I have no Ele- concept. Elementary school. My is five. I'm not there yet. I don't know. I don't know these things. But anyway, 50 pounds. That's incredible. I mean, what an absolute slab of beef. Like Damon Pierce is a tank, man. I he's love that dude. Yeah. Yeah. He needed a really he's he's honestly had a really good week and they did pass pro drills today, and we'll go through the all 22 and look more at some of the results of those drills. But it looked like he did a really good job in those backs on backers drills, too. So he's making himself, um, definitely strong guy. Yeah, some money this week for sure. We haven't really talked about any of the offensive linemen because there haven't been a ton of standouts on either team necessarily. There's been good moments for some guys, um, the national team, uh, and people really don't care about them until the bucks lose one of their offensive linemen i think there's always they think that everybody's coming back yeah we'll see so we won't talk too much about the offensive line in this one uh there's been very few consistently good performances um defensive line uh from this past group uh i really i wanted to see cameron thomas from san diego state got hurt hasn't really been out there hardly at all got hurt in the last practice i guess and you're probably not going to be out there anymore some people have said kingsley and agbare I think Bari from South Carolina has had a good week. I have not seen that. So that's the one guy so far that some people are talking up that I'm like, I didn't like the reps that I saw really. Um, D'Angelo Malone from Western Kentucky is very interesting. He kind of reminds me of Son Reddick. What kind of juice does he have and how he tests is going to be everything because he's a small, he's undersized edge rusher. He's not going to go in and play every snap right away in the NFL, but he could he be a situational pass rusher, a drop in coverage guy. Could he play off ball linebacker some? There's potential with the Angelo mode to find a fit. I will say this I love when small, undersized edge rushers who are speed and bend guys try to use power because it shows us they're not physically, they don't care about. They're, they're trying to go at people like they can hang physically demeanors there. And he's tough. Like he was physical. He went after people. 
you love seeing that from the underside. Some of these other guys, they're just trying to bend, 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 and that's fine. But eventually, I want to see like, what can you hang tough, and you want to get into guys' frames and, and bang. And honestly, th- this whole D line group has been very, very physical in general. Uh, the last guy I mentioned, I think Devonte Wyatt. We talked about Jermaine Johnson a bunch. Mm-hmm. Devonte Wyatt has been really good. I think um, he's been one of the Steady. the standouts to me. Yeah, is and and he's made some really athletic moves too. The, this ta- D tackle class has the Jordan Davis types and the Travis Jones. Um, the guys you know are going to be good run stuffers. What's the ceiling? What value are they? Wyatt to me shown that he might have a little bit of juice too playing three technique. Maybe he can be a gap slipper or somebody who gives you some impact as a pass rusher. I think what I liked about this group the most is they're extremely physical. Every single guy out there, whether they were, you know, is equally hype as the guy next to him, they were all very, very physical, a lot of drive, a lot of power. Um, I mean, they owned the offensive line. I think that's another reason none of us could get the biggest take on any of these guys because they were flattening them out or just driving them, driving them off the line. But I love the physicality. Um, it just shows you how hungry are them to make the play. And depending on what system you're locked into, it's going to be that physicality. It's going to win you out sometimes um, besides just being, you know, mentally smart about it and, and getting a good read on the guy you're matching up with. So I like the fact that they were all super hype. They were the loudest group on the field. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no question about it. Defense has been the better unit in both practices. Today was a little more even. Yesterday was absurd. Like the offense couldn't even snap the ball. It was. It looked like one unit didn't belong out there at all. Matt's laughing because he knows it's true. It's it was rough. Charlie Abrams says a five seven one seventy three are my measurables. I missed my calling. Yeah, sorry, Charlie. You could have been out here with with Calvin Austin. dominating yeah people are talking about washington commanders oh my buddy oh buddy oh we have thoughts we have no time for that on this spot what a mistake what a mistake awful good so many better choices out there just rough like if you insist on going that route but yeah, they just sound like Canadian football team. So yeah, they sound they definitely sound like an XFL team, like Washington Commanders. <laughs> it doesn't feel like I I can't believe this is real. Like they literally they they put that on vehicles and drove the equipment out and they, they did this. Uniform. Yeah, they, they made it official. Yeah, they like willingly they they pulled people for months and people said this is a horrible name and they didn't care. Like they just did it anyway. Sounds like pretty much everything Washington does. Uh, not listening to good advice. Uh, let's talk about our friends over at, before I get too testy, over at Pin Chasers. Pinchasers.net. You can find out about all the specials going on at Pin Chasers. Bowling, food, and fun. Take your family out. There's all-you-can-eat pizza nights. They serve breakfast food all day. There's three locations. They're right there on the screen. There's awesome food, awesome fun, football. You can watch the games there too, right, Matt? Watch yeah. the game. Oh, I, yeah, I can't watch the game. Take the family out to Pin Chasers. It's an awesome time. Make sure you check those out. This is a great opportunity to get out with the fam. We got the Ledger fam's doing this again soon. They got it. We got to get out there and get some bowling in uh, because uh, I, frankly, I need the practice, <laughs> especially if I'm going to be in the Pewter Report Bowling League. So uh, make sure you check that out. Uh, good stuff with our friends at Pin Chasers as well. Casey, uh, we've covered a lot of ground on these rosters. I think we let people know a lot. Um, Tomorrow we will not have a practice. This or we will there will be a practice. We are not allowed to practice because there is the threat of inclement weather. 
I might get a little testy here, but here's the threat of inclement weather. The crazy thing about that is that sometimes it doesn't happen. So maybe we should wait until right before, or maybe if you're going to close us out of practice, we should be told well ahead of time. Both of those things would be awesome. But instead, <laughs> we were told uh, today uh, a couple hours ago. And so we are uh, not going to be at the practice tomorrow, but it will be part of it will be on TV. We will be watching. We'll also have the practice tape. We'll be reviewing that, and there will be articles coming on pewreport.com tonight and tomorrow about a lot of the things that we see at practice so it's been fun stuff we've been able to break down a lot of these players i don't know was there anybody we missed i know you watch some of the corners too uh, roger know. mccreary for roger mccreary for the win yeah what no i like kobe bryant oh okay close yeah it close it out with some thoughts on kobe all right kobe bryant size gotta love it strength gotta love it he knows how to minimize the space between him and the guy he's going up against but my favorite thing about a guy like this is that you could tell that he is smart and he even talked about his football iq when we got to chat with the guys earlier today so um kobe Bryant. he okay so this was the disappointing part he says he hasn't talked to the bucks i would actually think that he'd be a solid fit just because his size and he could I don't know when you have football IQ I feel like you make really good adjustments um on the on the drop of a dime you're analytical but he did really really good at being sticky in coverage against every guy that he went up against and I have a recording that I'll be throwing on Twitter at some point when we get to breathe because we had to multitask yeah. huge um, trying to find the guys' names, read their helmets. I learned I'm colorblind, apparently. So we couldn't tweet during practice because it was raining too hard. Like yeah. our phones were getting soaked. But yeah, my phone was shutting down. Um, but the other thing with Kobe Bryant is that he had a great matching with Christian Watson. So two guys that really stood out to me the most. They had a great matchup. They were, he was extremely sticky with him. Watson still gave him trouble. So I loved the the dynamic between them. And he's really embraceful of a challenge he likes speedy wide receivers even though that they give him you know wreak havoc but kobe bryant would be the top of mind i thought mercury would be um but i think bryant was just more consistent across the board in terms of learning and showing out kobe as an outside corner maybe mccreary as an inside corner like a nickel type could be a projection for the nfl but yeah i agree kobe bryant you know he's i might not be the greatest athlete but he competes and he finds a football like he, he competed and found the football he let some separation go at the top of the route receiver going back to the ball but he just kept playing he ripped the ball out as the receiver caught it uh closed so yeah and it is kobe c-o-b-y yeah. for people asking yes that is how you spell his name for sure. So uh, the corner group hasn't been – there's nobody that's like looked like a first-rounder to me or anything like that in terms of special traits or ball skills or anything. But I think McCreary and uh, Kobe Bryant and there's been moments for other guys, I think. Cam Taylor-Britt's had some moments. Tyson Anderson out of Toledo. He mm. actually had pretty decent moments. You could tell that he's got a really nice jump on him, which, I mean, for somebody who wants to see more interceptions or <laughs> break up passes, uh, he could kind of be that guy. But he was a nice surprise here and there. Again, not many guys were that consistent, but I would I would say Tyson Anderson out of Toledo was pretty good. Um, Woolen? I was giving him a lot of crap yesterday. I was not very impressed, but I did forget the fact that he went from playing wide receiver and switched over to cornerback, and he's only been playing cornerback for two years. So he has the athleticism. It's just getting coached up a bit more so that he can actually be an asset, but it would be interesting to see where he goes. Yeah, no, it's a good call. Woolen had some moments as well. Some of the bigger name corners to me haven't been that good here. Like People have talked about Mario Goodrich. I see some people talking about him in the chat. I saw him get beat a good bit, and when he doesn't get beat, he's usually holding the guy. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I mean, he doesn't look like he's really can stay tethered with good technique. 
here. I haven't seen much of him outside of here. So just here is all I can comment on. And I've only, I haven't seen every rep either. I got, I mean, we're going off of a couple reps here that we've seen probably. And these guys don't get reps all practice. They only get a handful of half the practices on air and stretching and positional drills. Like it's not really, you know, so we're talking about a small chunk of time here. Keep that in mind. Darion Kendrick from Georgia, who was at Clemson obviously before. I think I thought he'd see more from him. Alante Taylor from Tennessee. He what he has he might not be able to play press man just from what I've seen. He looks so tough when he has to flip his hips at all off the line of scrimmage. He might have to be like an off ball corner. And even then, I, I think the athleticism is gonna be a real question mark. We gotta see he's he's physical and instinctive in some ways, I think, but there's definitely some questions about like how fast and how smooth he is in his hips in terms of turning and running and things like that. So um all right. We've we've done a lot. We've done an hour, <laughs> we've done over an hour on, on this so pod. We have more we want to talk about. We just talked about Roger McCurry a little bit, Matt, 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 Matt. So uh you can check that those comments as well a few moments ago on the podcast. So uh we'll have more thoughts on a lot of these guys and a lot of other players uh in the coming weeks days the senior bowl game is on saturday uh we'll see how that one goes as well um hopefully there's some more good things from prospects in that one and then we'll be back next week with more on the podcast as we always have covering the bucks and covering the nfl draft and senior bowl and all the good stuff so we appreciate y'all thank you all so much for tuning in hit that like button on the way out before you leave thanks so much for listening to another edition of the pewter report podcast out out